As Brenda said, my name is Mike Finnegan. I am the lay supply pastor right down the hall at the bilingual service. Uh, I'm not quite used to being up here, so give me a, a moment or two. If for some reason I, I pause and look to my right or to my left, don't be alarmed. I'm just waiting for somebody to translate. So uh, I don't have to worry about that today. Uh, as you might have noticed, I'm wearing camo. Is this at all odd for anybody? That a pastor with it is preaching would be, be wearing camo? No, it's odd that I'm not wearing camo, right? I mean, that's kind of, as, as Brenda said, I, I was here at the very beginning, and one of the, the things that kind of everyone knew me by was what color camo is Mike going to wear today? So in honor of that, I decided to break out the camo and uh, see if we can't bring back the good times. It is just so really very good uh, to be here in front of everyone and uh, bringing the message today. Um, we are, as Brenda said, we are kicking off the Come and See series. Uh, we basically are going to be looking for uh, what it means to invite others to come and see. Uh, in a world that we seem to, to lack spiritual and moral guidance, Christians are looking for meaning. People are looking for guidance. And we want to be able to, to be that light to bring others to a saving faith. And if it happens to be at our church, so much the better. Today our scripture will be John 1, 35 through 51. Uh, it will be in your lifeline. Um, I'm not sure if we have it. No? Okay, that's fine. I'll go ahead and read that uh, for you, uh, but it is in your lifeline as well. Today, we will be reading out of the book of John. John is considered one of the four Gospels, along with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. For anyone who has read the Bible at all, uh, John, we all know, is, is a little bit different, isn't it? It's uh, different both in content and structure from the other three. While the other three follow a very similar pattern and relate many of the same encounters, John does not. Does anyone remember the commercials from uh, the 7-Up back in the 90s? What did 7-Up what did used to be called? The Uncola, right? Uh, it was as if this colorless drink shared all the other attributes of cola, but it was just it was a little bit different. It, you know, was, was obviously tasted different, uh, it, was, it looked different, but it was still considered a cola, so they called it the uncola. I see the book of John as, as almost an ungospel. While Matthew, Mark, and Luke share about 95% of the same material, John only shares about 5%. Also, the structure of John is different, as is the focus on what John calls signs and what the other three authors called miracles. There are all these kind of differences in the four books, but have you ever wondered, why do we have four Gospels to begin with? Wouldn't one just be good enough? I thought about that a lot, and I've done a lot of reading, I've done a lot of research, and in my opinion, it comes from the idea that to really know someone, to really have a good idea of who that person is, we have to have information from a lot of different angles, don't we? I mean, you know, if we just saw him from one situation or from one angle, it would be very 
very plain and, and very biased. But we have four complete images of Jesus and his message. So that gives us a much better idea of who he is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as people, all experienced Jesus from their own unique and different perspective. Jesus really was and is and always will be who they captured in that moment. And if we want to be real and authentic in our invitations to others, we have to have a really good understanding of who Jesus is, deeply, relationally, and personally. It would be like me going out into the world and beginning a Game of Thrones of fan club because it would absolutely flop because I have only I've never actually sat through an entire Game of Thrones episode I don't know anything about it I don't know anything about the characters I don't know anything about the stories or anything that has happened that make up that world so it would be a very poor choice to go out and convince somebody hey you really need to see this television show now if you wanted me to tell you about Lord of the Rings that I probably, TJ, you would probably, yeah, yeah Mike would probably be a good, uh, a good person to talk to about that. So what does all this have to do with our scripture lesson from t today from John 1, 35 through 51? Let's read it and find out. We are picking up the story as John the Baptist is speaking to two of his followers. We hear... Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see. He replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him all day. It was about ten in the morning. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means anointed one. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means rock. The next day, he decided to leave for Galilee. Jesus found Philip and told him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found Jesus, the son. We have found Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said about him, Here is a true Israelite. No deceit is in him. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called, you were under the fig tree. I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael replied, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responded to him, do you believe only because I have told you these, that I saw you under a fig tree? I assure you, you will see heaven open 
and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Here ends the reading of the Word. Now this, to me, is one of those passages that at least seems like it preaches itself. One disciple after another is pointed toward Jesus. He spends time with him and then is transformed by that experience and begins to follow him. And time after time, this new creation in Christ reaches out to others and invite them to come and see. And the cycle repeats itself. It sounds so simple and straightforward, so why do we find ourselves so incapable of doing it? Perhaps we need to look a little closer at the verses and see if we can find the answer. At the beginning, Jesus is going by and John the, John the Baptist announces that here is the Lamb of God. He had been preaching in the wilderness saying, I am making the way, I'm making a way for one who comes after me, who will be greater than me. Talk about humble. This gentleman who was so sold out for the greater good and the greater glory, he wasn't even concerned that his disciples were going to leave him and follow Jesus. And that's exactly what they did. And when they began to follow Jesus, and in the New Testament, follow has a couple of different meanings. It can literally mean he walked that way and I walked right, back, right beside, behind him. But can, it can also mean he becomes a disciple of that person. He's following that person, learning from that person, and growing and becoming a follower. Now, we see Jesus turning and asking them, what are you looking for? What is it that you seek? Isn't that our story as well? We're seeking meaning in this life, are we not? We're seeking direction. And these disciples were asking him, not only where is it that you stay, but where is it that you are going? Jesus says, come and you'll see. He replied, and when they had stayed with him, they became his disciples. And what happened at that point? They began then to start pointing toward Jesus, saying, this is... Now, they began by calling him teacher. And at the end, they were calling him what? Messiah. They were being transformed. The experience of spending time with Jesus was opening not only the eyes of their head, but the eyes of their heart as well. Now, it comes further down the, the scripture, and it gets to one of my favorite characters in the, in the New Testament, Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means rock. On the spot, Jesus was changing this man's identity. He is no longer Simon. He is now Cephas. And is that not our experience as well? When we come into a relationship with Jesus... He changes us. It's not just a sort of an outside, you know, I'm going to change my name tag. It's a, it's a deeper thing, isn't it? If we're honest, if we're true, and if we are committed to the experience, it changes us. It has to. Because if it doesn't change us, what is the point? We even have Nathaniel, 
who is very skeptical. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And he says, come and see. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there and been skeptical and not really sure that this is where we want to be, where we, not sure I believe in all this, but something happens. We spend time at the foot of the cross and it changes us. It's changed me, I know. Rabbi, Nathaniel replied, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. And that happens over and over again, doesn't it? If we really, truly open our hearts to God and His Holy Spirit, we come to the same conclusion. And it strengthens our walk. And it emboldens us to go out and say, Come and see. I think that in many ways, this is one of those scriptures that emboldens me in my own walk. Uh, everyone is on this journey together. We are never going to be at the end and say, oh yeah, I got it. I got it down now. I figured it out. I'm good. No, we will always be growing. We will always be changing. We will always be transforming. That's what's so exciting about the journey of faith because it never ends on this side of eternity. Can you see how lives lived in community, and this community that they were walking through uh, tended to overlap and influence one another. Isn't that the same way in which our community of faith operates? This person tells this person, and this person, you know, spreads the word. We have our, our, our events and our things that go on, and we say, hey, we're really excited about this thing that's happening. Come and see. And, and sometimes in a... These, these overlappings happen in a very, very uplifting and very uh, bold and, and, and changing way. But sometimes they can be in a very unhealthy and toxic way as well. We hear in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Especially when we are new in our faith and vulnerable to bad teaching or bad examples. God wants us to live an abundant life, full of joy and peace that Jesus shows us the path for. If we will only deny our flesh and come and see where he is going. Because spending time in the presence of God, either by means of worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, studying his word in communion with others, or allowing the Holy Spirit to change us as we pray and meditate on His Word. When we do those kinds of things, those are the, are the means of grace that we are changed. Romans 12 tells us, he Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we, when we begin to be changed. Notice I said when we begin to be changed. Because all of us are in that journey. We begin to gain sight into those around us who are seeking more meaning in their lives. Who are lost and broken and needing God's love. And are open to receiving it. We begin to feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to be humble enough to point to the one that is 
changing not only our lives, but those around us. Everyone, or a lot of you, remember Pastor Matt Meisenhelter. Uh, I was speaking with Pat, uh, Matt one uh, afternoon, and he said, you know, Mike, people come to me sometimes, and they, they, you know, in a very sort of testing tone, they say, so, you're the, you're the, the, the guy that's perfect, right? You go up there and, 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 and talk about, you know, you, you know all the things uh, about God. He says, no, I'm not the guy that's perfect. I point to the guy that's perfect. And that's what we do in our daily walk, if we are authentic and we are real. We don't go out there and talk about how we've got it all under control. We've got it. Have you ever talked to a Christian who, who seemed to come across as if they just had it down and whatever you were doing was just so bad and they were just so much higher than that? God's calling us to be humble, to, to, to share the, the hope that is in us, but we have to do in a gentle and respectful way. Because if we don't, what are we doing? We're turning people off. We're actually becoming a stumbling block to them coming to a saving faith. For myself, I used to be call, call myself a Christian uh, many, many years ago because I went to church from time to time. Uh, I took out the trash from time to time. Uh, I opened the, the car door for, for, for my lovely wife most of the time, from time to time. Uh, but what was happening was that my faith was very shallow. Uh, it was like a seed that fell on rocky places that did not have much soil. My faith sprang up quickly and had some fruit, but because it was shallow and had no root, it withered and died. My faith was of little value to me, and it was especially of no value to anyone around me. I could not point to Jesus because I did not know him very well. It was not until I surrendered my heart to knowing him and following wherever he led that I began to feel the Spirit move in my life. I began to read the Bible with passion and desire. I came to realize that dancing around a relationship with Jesus for years, I couldn't understand why I didn't have more power, more victory in my life. The answer came many years after I had accepted Christ and was reading a devotional by Warren Wearsby, who said, God does not reveal his will to those who are curious. He reveals his will to those who are obedient. I had to go all in. And that is not a shameless plug for my, my, uh, my class down the hall. But we do. If we want to be an authentic witness to those who are searching for Jesus, we have to go all in. And we have to be sure in our own faith. Enough to be able to point and say, come, see, it is good. They'll see that. They'll see that we are those who are serious about our faith. They will see that they, we're so serious about our faith that our pastor allows himself to be covered in slime and still has a smile on his face. That's, that's pretty darn committed. And when we are committed like this, 
things change. When we are committed to each other, our lives change. We are on this journey together. And if we commit ourselves to the disciplines of faith, if we commit ourselves, and I, and I know disciplines has a very, sometimes a negative connotation. Oh man, I'm older and I don't need homework. I'm here to tell you, you do. You really do. I know I'm 55 and I'm, I feel like a kid still, you know, just aching for that, that next nugget that God is going to show me. Because I know he will. He always does. As I said, God could not use me until I went all in. When Jesus asked the disciple, what are you looking for? He was really asking about the condition of his heart. What ultimately are you seeking? Was it influence, money, power, something in a white box with an apple on it? Oh, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> or something more meaningful, something deeper and more life-changing. When we have the answer to that settled in our hearts, God can begin to change us, to mold us into the image of his son. And when we have been transformed into new creations, then we can boldly approach others and tell them about the wonders that we have found in a relationship with Jesus. And if they ask about how to start, just say, come and see. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you have us on this amazing journey. Lord, there have been ups, there have been downs, but through it all, you have been with us. You have been our rock and our redeemer. Continue to guide us, continue to open our hearts, to reach out to the others in our community and all around the world so that at the sound of the name Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee shall bow. Lord, we know this to be true. Help us to share it with others. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.